Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. We're, uh, we're really thankful to be here, and I'd like to, before Aaron runs away here, it's not very often that he gets to take a break. I've seen what he does and how hard he works, so can we just take a minute and just honor Pastor Aaron for all the hard work. I've really gotten to know Aaron and his heart and, and see how hard he works, so thank you. We're thankful to be here, and as, as Aaron's, uh, Pastor Aaron sort of set it up, we are in week three of a series called Reach, and uh, first of all, I think that this message would be the one that God uh, would like the most. I think that God is more concerned with outsiders. If you've heard uh, Pastor Aaron talk about the purpose of Simple Church, Simple Church is not here for you. Simple Church is here for those who are far from God. God is more concerned with what is lost than with what is found. So, you know, if, if, if you're at home and you lose your wallet, right, you don't say, well, at least I've got a couch, right? I mean, for me, it's usually my keys. I can't find my keys because I'm not consistent about where I put them, and I'm always running late, right? That's when you lose your keys. Isn't that how it happens? So again, this is the mission of, of Simple Church. We're reaching people. We're teaching them to follow Jesus step by step. And we see in Matthew chapter 4, uh, Jesus, this is sort of the foundation for, the, for this series. Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees two brothers, Simon and Peter and Andrew, and they're casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus had an agenda here. He was calling them to something. His agenda wasn't, you'll come to church. His agenda wasn't, you'll tithe more. His agenda wasn't even as important as it is. I know growth track gets you there, but Jesus' purpose, his agenda was, I will make you fishers of men. So here in week three, we're going to talk today about what to share, how to share, and also what to say. In 1 Peter 2, we read, But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for a high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments. Look at the person beside you and say, You're an instrument, you're a minister to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others the night and day, I love the message version, to tell others the night and day difference that he made for you. You went from nothing to something. You went from rejected to accepted. So we're all ministers. We're all sharing our faith. And this doesn't mean necessarily explaining the whole Bible. This doesn't mean giving the answers to all of the questions in the Word. We share the difference that He made for you. You share the difference He made for you. We share the hope that we have. In 1 Peter 3, 
But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I don't think we need more than these, these couple scriptures to, to tell us what God wants us to do. Today we're going to talk about four elements of, of sharing, four elements to sharing your faith first. And I think the first one that we need to be sharing with others is how, how did I realize I, need, I needed Christ? For me, my story is that I grew up uh, in a I grew up in church. I grew up going to a Christian school, and in the summertime, it was vacation Bible school. How many of you get that, right? Everywhere I turned around, I was in church, and, you know, there, there were a lot of things I wasn't allowed to do. There were shows on TV I wasn't allowed to watch. How many of you remember Scooby-Doo? I wasn't allowed to watch Scooby-Doo. I wasn't allowed to watch. That was, you know, it was kind of like if, uh, if anyone's seen that movie, The Water Boy, right? Adam Sandler, he, he plays a, a country boy, and um, growing up in that sort of situation, and everything was the devil, right? My mama, 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 mama said, and, and, and it was, you know, <laughs> look who's on TV, mama, the devil, right? So growing up, you know, it was like a lot of things were the devil, but he loved his mama very much, so... You know, early on, I didn't see my need for God, but when I was in trouble, uh, you know, he was there. When I was hurting, when I was afraid, God was kind of my, my go-to. Okay, I'm, I have no room in my life for God, but now something's gone wrong, now I need him, right? It wasn't until I'd grown up and made some real big mistakes, right, that I realized that I needed Christ in my life. About, say about six years ago, I was visiting churches. I wasn't involved in a church. I was, I had said yes to God. I had said a, a sinner's prayer. I'd done all those things, but quite honestly, my life was a mess. My life was a mess. My son had been diagnosed on the autism spectrum, and my marriage was falling apart for various reasons, mostly because we're selfish people, right? Me too. We're selfish people. And um, I started to, to really struggle in life. Um, I was struggling. I had to develop a lustful mind and a lustful heart. Something was wrong. Something was really wrong. I was missing something. And my neighbor at the time said, hey, we're going to go check out this church. You want to come along? And I just felt like it's time. It's time. I walked into C3 Church in August of 2011, and I'll, I'll never forget that service. Uh, the pastor stood on the stage with a big stop sign, and, a, and the message was, stop it. And... I don't remember what he said, that whole entire message, but I knew what that meant for me. I don't know how many of you have experienced a situation like that, but I knew what it meant for me. I knew what God was speaking to me directly, and I knew I had to stop it. And so again, 
How did we realize we needed Christ in that moment, in that time of my life? I knew it. So I'd challenge you, what's, what's your story? How did you realize that you needed Christ? And how can you share this with others? I think with, the, with sharing our story comes vulnerability. And I think with vul- vulnerability, we can connect. We can connect. My, uh, my, I saw a friend of mine not too long ago, a friend that I knew many years ago, and, and they asked, hey, what, what, what happened to you? Like, what, what is this? what's going on? You're you're doing ministry stuff, and and what does that look like? And and I shared my story. I shared my, about my separation, about my divorce, and just what God did through those situations, how I was hurting, how I was lost, and come to find out this person was going through the exact same thing right now. And so I believe that God will put us in a situation. God will put you in that place to share your story, where your mess, your mess can become your message, where we can share our, our story. So next, I think we need to share, how did we commit our life to God? And I was surprised how simple it was. I didn't need a church building. I didn't even need to be with somebody else. You know, for, for me, I just prayed a simple prayer that God, I'll give you my life because you gave your life for me. I remember at the time, you know, sne- sneaking into my son's room at night and just sitting on the floor and just pouring out my heart to God and just, uh, you know, go- going to that place and giving God access to that area of my life, to all of that hurt, to everything that I was going through. And I remember that God met me right there. We serve a good God. He's not a respecter of persons. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. I think that's something that we need to be sharing with others. I think next, uh, in addition to how we committed our life, what is the difference? What difference has God made in my life? You know, sometime later... I, I didn't want to deal with the pain of my separation, my divorce. Maybe some of you can relate. Maybe some of you, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I remember the dark time of my life that I went through, and uh, I found myself, again, just searching for answers in all the wrong places. I, uh, I tried online dating. I w- I was into pornography. I was just doing everything in my life. I didn't want to feel this pain. I didn't want to face the fact that my life was falling apart, and I didn't have the right foundation in that moment. I ended up ultimately in a relationship that I had no business being in. It was one of these secret relationships that, you know, nobody knew about. I had no business being in that relationship. I was the biggest hypocrite in church. I was the biggest hypocrite in church. I was on stage. I was playing in the worship team at the time, and man, I was a mess. I was a mess. That's who I was. Came to a time when that relationship ended, and 
I decided that I had had enough. I had had enough of living this way. I had enough of being the biggest hypocrite in the church. And I decided to join a small group. I promise you Aaron didn't slip me 20 bucks to put this in the message. I promise you. But we didn't call them grow groups at the time. It was a community group. And it was a study of this, this book by Peter Scazzaro called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And just great book. But the, the, the short explanation is that we need to find emotional help in our lives, and we need to find spiritual health in our lives, and we need to give God access to those areas of our life too. And so, again, around that time, uh, when it ended, I, it, it was on to the torment, and the torment began in my life. Maybe some of you can relate to this, but it was every night, every night at 2 o'clock in the morning, I was woken up, and I was tormented. I couldn't stop thinking about the relationship. I couldn't stop thinking about all of those things that I used to do before I said, you know what, I've had enough. And it was like every single night, 2 o'clock, woken up, 2 o'clock, woken up, every single night. And again, I, I had had enough. And so I started to pray. I started to pray. I had a prayer that I prayed every single night at 2 o'clock in the morning, laying in my bed. I had a prayer, and maybe you're in that place right now. I think that it may take a week. It may take 30 days, but for me, it was that praying every night. Every time the enemy came, it was that prayer every night, and then I remember I remember one day I was praying in my closet, and uh, I, I just I had been praying daily, sometimes two, three times daily, getting in my closet. And one day something happened there, and this is my story. I in my mind the only way that I envision it is those giant ropes. How many of you know those giant ropes that hold the the ships? If you go on one of these old ships, they have these giant ropes, and I felt like that was inside of me, and I felt it untangle inside of me, and God was doing something in me that I still can't explain to this day. But one day, I found freedom right there in my closet, freedom from all of it, and, and it ended in that moment. I, here's what I love about we talk about step two of growth track is, is finding freedom, but here's what I love about talking to people about their previous life and talking to them about how they found freedom. I love when they think back and they say, I just can't even understand that person that I used to be. I was living for drugs, right? I was living, to, I was living for money. I was living for my job. People, people tell me I used to gamble, gamble all my money away, and that's what I was living for. I was living for sex. I was living for pornography. People, I just love hearing those stories. And you know what? We're all selfish people, me included. And I think that, you know, Jesus was, was with his disciples, and Peter said something dumb, and Jesus corrected him, and, and he said, he didn't say deny the devil, right? He said deny yourself. We need to deny ourselves. We need to put away our selfish 
man, our selfish desires. And, and that was a huge part for me. That was, and I think it's hard for all of us. But we share the hope that we have. You have a hope. You have a story. You have, you know that God is for you. And you know how the story ends, just as I know the story ends. So I think more than, you know, once we have shared the difference that God's made in our lives, that we share our church. Again, this this church is uh, designed for people who are far from God. Yes, small groups are here. Yes, the kids' ministry is here for your kids. But if we don't, the truth is, if we don't reach out to the world, if we don't reach out, they'll find another way. They'll find another way. In Luke 14, we read that we're to go out into the country and urge anyone that you find to come in so that the house will be full. We've got almost a full house here this morning. That's, I love to see that. I have some friends that, um, you know, don't necessarily like a full church. They want their space, right? It's like, we're about to worship. Just, why don't, why don't you move down a few, right? Do we have any of those in here? Like, I need my space. It's like, uh, we're, it's, it's going to be exercise. It's like Kyle's going to lead us in a P90X routine or, or something, right? We're doing arm circles. We're going to be here a while. Sometimes we do that, but here's the reality. We need our house to be full, we see here. So let's fill the house. Let's fill the house. How do we fill the house? Move in, move in, give people some space. But uh, we, we, talk about, we talked about what to share, and I think next we'll move into specifically what to say. I think one of the first things that we need to say we need to say something to God about those who are far from God. We need to pray for them. If, you, uh, if you've been at, at Simple Church, you've heard about the 21 days of prayer that we just did recently. And, uh, you know, this is the time of year when we're coming out of our vacation slump. We're coming back even from our, maybe our spiritual vacation, right? And we're, we're filling in. We're filling in the house, Right? Coming back to God and the things of God in this, uh, I, th- I also think that in this fall season, uh, how many, let me just do a little unofficial poll here. How many of you were either saved or had some significant life change through like August, September, October in your life? Anybody here? Okay. Yeah. Lots of hands. So I believe that there is a direct correlation, and, and, and it's unexplainable, but even if you look at the numbers from different churches, we see that there is a harvest of souls during this period of time that sort of correlates to, you know, we see all these correlations in the word about uh, harvest time, and it's interesting to see that more people are coming to church during this time of year. And so we have this 21 days of prayer leading up to this time where we are praying for souls. One of our uh, focuses is that we're praying for the lost. I, I, I know in, in my prayer time, uh, you know, I, listen, the reality is we have 2 million people in our city we have those people that are still addicted. We have those people that are, are struggling with lust and greed. We have some that are experiencing homelessness, and they feel like they are worthless. They feel like they have no value, and it's a problem. 
It's a problem. It's our problem. In Corinthians 4, we see the gods of this age, gods, small g, right, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. And so we pray, one of our prayer focuses is that those blinds be removed. I believe, and I also pray that God would send angels as, to minister to those who are far from him. And again, that's in, that's in Hebrews 1.14. We see that angels are ministering spirits to those who are going to come to God. But before we invite them to church, we need to say something else to them. We need to say God loves them. I, uh, there's, a, there's a quote that I heard from one of my mentors. I think he's, I found out later he stole it from somebody else, but that's kind of <laughs> what we do. But preach Jesus, and if necessary, use words. We need to say it through action. How do we say that God loves them? Here's one way. We show them that we care. We show them that you care. I think people are asking this. They're asking, can you help me? They're asking, do you care about me? And I think they're asking, can I trust you? We need to look for ways that we can solve problems in their lives. I don't think people care what you know. I think people need to know that you care. And these are some ways that that we show that we care. This week, this is a big week for City of Love Columbus. We have a lot of different outreaches and things that we do, but um, this week we're at Stowe Mission on Wednesday night. I'll be at my house cooking for about 300 people. We take it the next morning down to Stowe Mission, and about 9.30 we start preparing, and we, we will serve about 200 to 300 people lunch at Stowe Mission this week. Why? because we care. We feel like this is what we've been called to do. And so um, this isn't just to tell you what we're doing, but I'd love to invite anybody here that would like to join us. So uh, we'll have a sign-up sheet here between services. If you're interested in coming, hanging out with us and feeding some people at Stowe Mission, uh, we'd love to have you come and join us. We have another uh, event that we do once a month, and on Saturday morning, City of Love Columbus, we're going to get together, and we're going to go out with Risen Sun Outreach. We're going to go to the homeless camps. We're going to minister to people. We're going to give to them physically, and we're also going to meet their needs spiritually. Uh, we hand out blankets and coats and shoes and uh, propane and tents and all of the, all of the needs of to these people that feel lost, they feel forgotten, they feel as if they have no value, and we pray for them. We pray for their healing. We pray for their spiritual healing. Uh, we pray for provision and help them in whatever ways that we can. So again, if you're interested in either of these, uh, we meet about 8.30 Saturday morning. We'd love to have you come with us, come hang out with us and do that. Here's another way that we can, you know, we think about, you know, love your neighbor, right? Love your family, love your friends. Here's something, I have a, I have a close friend who she's, she's amazing at doing this, but we need, to, we need to be asking questions. We need to be asking good questions. And I think if, if you want to, if you want to, if you're taking notes, uh, we need to ask people, what are you thankful for? We need to ask people, what are you concerned about? right? And then finally, how can I pray for you? 
this is a way that we can show people that we care. We give them an opportunity. You'd be surprised what you learn through those three simple questions. I think the next thing that we need to say is come with me to church. Please don't tell somebody, uh, we have services at 9, 15, and 11. I'll, maybe I'll see you there, right? Come ask them to come with you to church. We need to invite them. We need to join them, sit with them. Uh, we, maybe go pick them up, right? Hey, I'll pick you up at 9, depending on how far. 8.45, right? Don't be late. Don't miss worship. It's amazing. How about the worship team this morning? What if we took two out of the 52 Sundays? We get 52 Sundays to do this, right? What if we took two, and those two Sundays, everybody brought one person that's far from God with them? Here's what I love about Simple Church. If you were here, I guess it's been, I don't know, three or four weeks ago now, um, we had two Mormon elders sitting right there, I kid you not, in the second row. We had two Mormon elders here join us for worship at Simple Church. They stayed the whole time. And, you know, that didn't happen by accident, okay? They weren't walking down Main Street and saw those amazing signs out here and said, huh, we'll go. Uh, you know, somebody invited them. Somebody invested in that relationship. Somebody invited two Mormon elders to Simple Church, and they came. So... Uh, how much do we know that your neighbor will come if the Mormon elders are coming? So we appreciate them. And so uh, we're going to talk about now how, how do we share Christ? And, you know, this is, uh, we see in John 3:16 and 17, we know that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then the next verse says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save them through Him. I think that's important to say. That's important to share that I'm not coming with condemnation, just like Jesus didn't come with condemnation. He came to save you, and He loves you. I think we need to say, God loves you. I didn't go to seminary. I don't know all the answers to the Bible. I don't know how Jonah fit into a whale I don't know how those guys got out of the furnace without being burned. I don't have answers to all of that, but here's what I know. God loves you. And here's my story. It's, it's, I found that it's hard for somebody to argue with you about what God did in your life. It's hard for somebody to argue what God did in your life. So we need to share our testimony, and we need to share that God loves them. And they, here's the funny thing. You can't escape the love of God. You can't escape it. There's nothing you can do to escape the love of God. In, uh, so next, next as, as we share Christ, if you're taking notes, I want to share a bunch of scriptures. I want to walk you through what this, what this looks like and, and how we can go about that. And I think John 3.16 is the beginning of it, but... Um, I think we need to talk about there's a problem. There's a problem, and the problem is sin. The problem has been sin from the very beginning. 
in Romans 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so that's the problem. What, what do we have to do about it? And we see in Romans 6, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, thankfully, is eternal life in, Christ, in Jesus Christ our Lord. So the price has to be paid. You are a sinner, and the price has to be paid, and the price is death. You have to die if you choose to for your sin. But thankfully, there's a solution. In Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, God knew, God knew what I was going to do in my life. He knew the sin I was going to be in. He knew your sin that you were going to be in. Yet he chose to die. He chose to pay the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. He paid the bill. Nobody, no other religion offers that. No other religion says Jesus paid the price, and all you have to do is accept it and receive him and be in relationship with him. In John 14, Jesus says this. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Why Jesus? Because he was without sin. He was without sin. He was perfect. He didn't need to pay the bill. He didn't need to die. There was no need for him to die other than willingly giving his life to pay the price for us. And in, in Acts 4, we see that, again, foundation is found in no one else. There's no other name in heaven given by which we must be saved. This one answers a lot of questions, a lot of questions of people who believe in things other than Jesus. And so, the response, but... In John 1, we read, but all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right. He gave us the right to become his children. He gave that to us. And so next we share in Romans 10 that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believed and are justified is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. In Revelation 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. So are you all with me? Is this, is this something that we can use? Are these... This, is, this spells it out. It's a free gift. God isn't forcing anything on you. Here's what I know. God loves you. And I want to say also that in these, in these conversations, we need to be patient. We need to be patient because it's God that's drawing them. We're, a tool, we're His tool, but it's the Holy Spirit of God that draws people. I was recently, sometimes I, well, truth be told, I, I, bought, I bought a vehicle. I haven't, haven't had a, 
a car payment in a long time, and this is my first car payment, so I thought, oh, you know what, I'll go and I'll do a little driving for Uber to take care of that, right? That's a great idea in theory, but it sounds great. But anyways, so, so driving for Uber, I, I get into these situations where I'm able to have these amazing conversations with people. I I'm I'm, I'm have these chances to meet people, and um, sometimes I, I'm picking people up at the bar. Sometimes they're on their way to the strip club, and I never know that they're on their way to the strip club because the, the thing doesn't tell me the name of the establishment. I just see the address where I'm taking them. But here, here's how I know. Usually it's a group of people. Sometimes it's one, and... And they say, how much are you judging me right now? And I said, oh, I, I know where they're probably going. And so uh, I was in one of these situations. I, I picked the guy up, and he got into my car, and he was already in, in condemnation about his decision. And uh, he, he sat beside me, and he said, you know what? I'm a good person. I'm a good person. And I already knew. I could, I could just see it all over him that he was struggling and and. He told me where I was taking him, and he was struggling with that. And he said, you know, I'm a good person, and, and how, how much are you judging me right now? And I said, I'm, I'm not here to judge you. I'm only here to take you where you want to go. I'm only here to take you where you want to go. He went on to ask me, he said, well, you know what, what, what else do you do in your life? And, and I knew if I, he was already postured, I knew if I told him I was a minister, if I told him a pastor, it would have been shut down city, right? He, he, would, have, uh, he would have gone that way. So I started to, to just brag about my friends and I started to talk about how, you know what, I just have some amazing friends. We get together and we go help homeless people and we go downtown and we cook for people, we take them food, we do all these things. And, and just about in the middle of explaining that to him, he said, you know what? Take me home. Take me home. You know, I got to see this guy wrestle with something inside of him. I got to just be patient and let God do his thing. I got to just sit there and just, wasn't anything I did. It wasn't anything I said. But when I dropped him off, he got out of the car and he said, you know what, I have something for you. And he handed me that $50 bill that he was probably about to turn into ones if we're all being real here, right? And he said, I'd like for you to use this to feed your people. Use this for your food pantry. And he started to walk away and he said, you know what, just to make sure you use that for your food pantry, here's another $20 tip. <laughs> and so... I had an opportunity to watch God draw someone to him, to watch God wrestle with what was going on in his life. You know what? Maybe you're here today and this message has touched you in some way. Maybe you're that guy wrestling with something that you're doing in your life. Maybe you're that, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're, you're that hypocrite here today and you're living a life that isn't what God's called you to do. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I need to be sharing my faith. And today, there's something here for me. I'd like, to, I'd, like us, I'd like to just pray for you. 
Father, we just thank you for Simple Church. Thank you for this opportunity to dive into your word and see the message that is most important to you. Thank you that we have in us, we have an opportunity, an amazing opportunity in our lives and that you've put something in us that's different, that people can see what's different in us. So I pray over that person that's today that's making the wrong decisions in their life. They're living a lifestyle that's far from you. I pray that you would draw them right now. Pray that they would be transformed and renewed in their mind. Pray that you would do a work in their heart. I pray for those who need you. We need your courage. We need your Holy Spirit power to be bold, to be able to talk to our neighbors, to be able to talk to our co-workers, to be able to talk to those who are far from you, to be able to share you, to be able to share your word and what it says, to be able to share our testimony. I pray that as we go from here today, we would be empowered to do that. Second, as we're, all of our heads are bowed, Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, that's a great story, but I've, I've never experienced that. I've never experienced freedom. I've never known God to do anything. I've, I've never had that encounter with him. If that's you, if you could just slip your hand up, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. You're not going to have to come down to the altar. I just want to pray with you, you at your seat and me up here. Is there anybody here that would like to say, yes, Phil, will you pray for me? Will you pray with me? Let's just all pray this together. God, I'm a sinner and I have sinned. I come to you now just as I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe in Jesus, the son of God. I believe that he died to pay the price for me. And he rose again three days later. Today, I put you on the throne of my life. And I'll live for you as you show me how. I believe that angels are celebrating when even one person makes that commitment. So can we, can we just celebrate with them right now? Right now I'm going to ask, I'm going to invite our service host to come forward. At this time, we're going to continue in worship as we receive our tithes and offerings. If you're a guest here, we want to welcome you. You are under no obligation.